This podcast is brought to you by Recontract, the leading software to automate your reconditioning process and streamline your entire used vehicle management process. Visit Recontract.com to learn more. That's R-E-C-O-N-T-R-A-C.com. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year Automotive News digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive. For Friday, March 1st, 2024, I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, things are starting to look bleak for EV startup Fisker. Toyota and Hyundai sales are up as Kia slips again, and Cruise's valuation nosedives. Plus, a look at the growing appetite in the auto finance industry for increased digitization. For the second quarter in a row, we saw the highest volume of digital auto loans being securitized into the secondary market. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Electric vehicle startup Fisker says there is, quote, substantial doubt about its ability to continue as a going concern. That's after reporting a fourth quarter net loss of $463 million and announcing a 15% cut in its workforce. Fisker reported $200 million in revenue in the fourth quarter, but said it needs additional resources to continue with its business plan. The company said it had cash and cash equivalents of $396 million, along with vehicle inventory and raw materials valued at approximately $530 million as of December 1st. CEO Henrik Fisker said on the fourth quarter earnings call that the company is negotiating with an unnamed large automaker for a strategic partnership. He also said the startup would rely on its nascent franchised dealership network to help with sales after moving away from its direct sales model early this year. A steady rebound in inventory and a surge in hybrid demand drove double-digit gains in February sales at Toyota and Honda. Sales last month rose 16% at Toyota and 32% at Honda. Hyundai's U.S. sales set a February record behind higher retail and fleet demand. Sales rebounded 6% to more than 60,000 last month after falling more than 8.5% in January. Meanwhile, sales fell for the third straight month at Kia. Deliveries slipped almost 3% to about 59,000, mostly on weaker midsize car volume. Both Hyundai Motor Group brands posted sharply higher deliveries of electric vehicles. Subaru will release results later Friday, followed by Ford and Volvo next week. Most other automakers released U.S. sales results quarterly. The CEO of Toyota Motor North America believes that battery electric vehicles will make up about 30% of the U.S. new vehicle market in 2030. That's half the target the EPA sought last year, a goal the agency is reportedly reconsidering. In an exclusive interview with Automotive News, Ted Ogawa said Toyota will choose to follow natural customer demand and buy credits to close any gap, rather than waste money investing in EVs without consumers ready to buy them. I know that EPA is now reconsidering what is the regulation level should be. However, what is the customer demand should be? It's our starting point. So, for example, in 2030, regulation said 
like the uh, nuclear market, about 50%, more than half, it should be the BEB. But our current plan is like 30%. Asked how Toyota might close the gap between what proposed light vehicle emissions regulations require and what it actually sells when regulations go into effect, Ogawa said the automaker would have to consider something like a credit purchase, but that it's difficult to say what the approach would be. You can see more of Ogawa's interview and read about it at autonews.com. And General Motors' robo-taxi unit Cruise saw its internal share price cut by more than half from a quarter ago. That's as the fallout from an October accident continues to weigh on the self-driving car company. According to an email viewed by Reuters, Cruise employees were told that the share price had been estimated by a third party at $11.80. That's down from a prior estimate of $24.27 just one quarter ago. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, it's not looking good for electric startup Fisker. They lost $463 million in the fourth quarter. They also have to cut 15% of their workforce. Do you think they'll survive? Or is that weeding out thing that I'm always talking about happening again? Well, it sure might be. You know, they're fragile enough at this point that they had to give the going concern statement, which is uh, something you never like to see. Once in a while, companies get to where they can't assure that they'll exist as a going concern and manage to pull their way out of it. Perhaps a big investor will come to the rescue, but it's pretty rare. And uh, we kind of expected this with a, a lot of startups. It's super hard to start any automaker ever in history. As I've often said, right, until Tesla, no one had done it since Mr. Honda. So it's, uh, it's pretty rare. It takes a lot of money. Fisker had an interesting approach, you know, using uh, Magna to build their vehicles, really relying on suppliers uh, to keep some of their costs down. But it's been a challenge all the way through. Gotcha. Coming up, Tim Yalich of Walters Kluwer joins the show to talk about how digital adoption rates might go in 2024. That's next on Daily Drive. We want to hear your voice on Daily Drive. What would you like us to talk about this week on our Weekend Drive episode of the show? What are some of the biggest industry trends or news stories you're thinking about? Send us a voicemail, text, or email, and you might hear it on the next edition of Weekend Drive. Here's how you can get in touch. Call us and leave a voicemail or text at 313-444-2774. Again, that's 313-444-2774. You can also record your voice on your smartphone and send it to dailydrive at autonews.com. That's dailydrive, one word, at autonews.com. And tune into the show this weekend. You might hear your question or comment. Managing your used inventory is not exclusive to one person or one part of the dealership. What does the communication look like between your fixed ops and variable teams? Are your vehicles getting passed from trade-in to recon with no hiccups? What is your average cycle time to get a used car ready for sale? There is a lot to keep track of all at once. Right now, you could be experiencing three major issues with your recon information causing process breakdowns. One having to manually track down data. Two, outdated information, giving you an incorrect picture of the market and process. Three, no recon visibility through the appraisal. Full insight at each step 
is crucial to making your used car department the most efficient and profitable it can be. Our new integration between Recontract and AutoVision, a vehicle acquisition market analysis platform, creates an end-to-end -end tool for your used car department to address these bottlenecks. With access to live appraisal information and reconditioning stats, you get a single view of every vehicle with all the data you need right in one place. Make more educated decisions on your used car inventory faster with all your data in one place. Visit info.recontract.com slash autovision for more information. That's info.recontrac.com slash A-U-T-O-V-I-S-I-O-N. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. More auto dealers, service providers, and lenders are moving from paper-based auto finance back office processes to digital. With that trend, Wolters Kluwer's Auto Finance Digital Transformation Index showed strong gains at the end of 2023. Tim Yalich is head of auto strategy for Wolters Kluwer. He spoke with Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Schein about that and other interesting findings from the index. Tim, thanks so much for joining me on the F&I Friday edition of Daily Drive. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Dan. Walters Kluwer does a uh, nice index, a survey called Auto Finance Digital Transformation Index. Tell me a little bit about what it's measuring or tracking that you guys look at. Certainly. The index provides insights into market shifts that may impact the digital evolution within the automotive ecosystem. What we have at Walters Clear is a luxury of a, of a platform that's widely used in the industry. When auto loans are digitally executed, those loans are deposited into our platform. So we can see the amount of digital activity occurring and their level of adoption that's occurring within the industry. And when I say auto, I'm, I'm speaking to passenger vehicle, light truck, motorcycles, boats, you name it. Anything with wheels and a motor, basically we're tracking within the digital ecosystem. So the indexes are actually two. One, we track the amount of new loans that are digitally executed and being deposited into the platform. And the second one is we're starting to monitor the movement of digital loans into the secondary market. So in the form of securitization. So we provide two indexes now. From the end of the year stuff, what surprised you the most when you're kind of looking at the report? One factor that stood out in each of the two indexes, I would say on the on the first index where we track the amount of digital loans originating, or we'll call them e-contracts, if you will. Typically, at the end of the year, we see the slowdown. The, the trend aligns usually to the sales volume within the industry and the market. I mean, end of year is usually a little slower. But the one interesting nugget out of this past quarter is December was the highest we've seen out of any other December on record. So that was really interesting. It actually brought the level of the index back up to the positive for the last quarter of the year, which typically trends downward. So that was really interesting. Why? I'm not sure. We did see a, a, a last minute kind of end of the month push with incentives and stuff like that by some of the captive lending arms and, and OEMs that may have driven that uh, or maybe some end of year fleet activity. But it was really nice to see that end of year movement that actually tipped the trend to a positive trend for the year. The second one that was really interesting was on the securitization side. For the second quarter in, the, in a row, we saw the highest volume of digital auto loans being securitized into the secondary market. In fact, 2023, one quarter three and quarter four were the highest quarters on record. So that speaks loudly to the fact that we are seeing a lot of digital adoption in the industry of not just the loan origination 
activity, but those loans are now being monetized. So that was really interesting to see. And, and typically we'll see the securitization type uh, activity as a method for lenders to acquire capital to maintain and sustain growth. But at the end of the year, that's usually not what's occurring. So it was a little different dynamic at the end of the year where we saw a lot of lenders really using the securitization as a mechanism to shore up some cash, you know, have some liquidity to make sure they're protected and have some solvency in case of anything goes wrong, because we certainly see delinquencies increasing. So looking at the you know the end of the year index, where are you seeing the most growth in adoption of digitalization? Actually, you know, the growth is is spread out across different segments. We've seen high penetration and growth within the franchise retail space. So your your typical uh, branded uh, solutions, those are highly digital enabled environments, both from a retailer and a lender perspective. We're starting to see some growth in other markets where that don't have as much digital adoption, for example, within the credit unions or direct lending space or even refinancing. So that's where the growth adoption is actually at a higher rate than the general market, because, uh, again, most of the franchise market is already digital enabled. So a lot of that volume is already coming in in the digital format, which kind of levels out the growth that you might see in other segments. So that's really interesting to see. We do look at that data at that level, but collectively report the index as an industry whole. So according to the report, uh, digital adoption uh, end of the year on a strong note. Do you think this is something that there'll be some momentum and this will kind of carry into all of 2024? Absolutely. And we actually are seeing a little bit of a shift that will help drive it. And the shift is coming from a survey we actually did at the end of the year in December where we monitored dealers, OEMs, captive lenders. And we asked one of the questions of where are they shifting their priorities investing in 24 through to 25? And historically, that digital investment has always been touching the consumer in some way. You know, their deposit solutions online or doing credit application aggregation through platforms. But we see now a shift in priorities and investment moving to loan processing and funding. So what's happening is we're starting to see a shift where the lenders are investing in platforms to automate decisioning on the funding workflows. And that's only possible if there is relevant data and those transactions are being executed digitally. So I think this year will be a really interesting dynamic to see the, the what I call the back office development of automated processes around funding auto loans. And that in, in itself will help continue to drive the adoption level of loan origination. And I know there's there's kind of a little bit of a doom and gloom scenario, a little bit for auto finance this year, you know, with FNI sales maybe being down a little bit and vehicle sales overall being down and, you know, a lot of people, buyers on the sidelines. How does that potentially impact the digital adoption? Is this something maybe some lenders might pull back on because of they're maybe trying to save a little money or how do you see that playing out? I only think it'd be a pullback in the case of somebody who's not already invested in some level of digital technologies where they may not have the IT infrastructure to get started or maybe casting some doubt because it's a big change internally from an operational standpoint. But our survey also concluded that we've seen a lot of the industry who has not adopted digital workflows are really seeking the right partner and haven't made a decision yet because we find a lot of customization that's being done out there on the lender side. And they're really trying to find the best fit, maybe not have, haven't found it or the available um, providers in the market may not be able to customize to the level of their needs. Uh, a lot of interest in of adopting the digital platforms, because I think it's becoming a competitive concern now. 
the the retailers definitely want to have a, a straight through streamlined workflow that is consistent. And when they're working with different lenders that are maybe working off a of paper or maybe working off a digital platform, there's different workflows and procedures which lead to errors and mistakes. Um, and those cost in a number of ways, time, money, et cetera. So it really is coming down to the uh, motivation now to be competitively relevant. You need to be enabled digitally somehow on the front end. Um, and then really the back end is where the incremental benefits come from, from automation. A great insight into uh, some Walters Kluwer index and some uh, reporting on this. So really appreciate your time and uh, sharing the information with us. Thanks so much. My pleasure, Dan. Thank you. Tim Yalich is head of auto strategy for Walters Kluwer. He spoke with our own Dan Shine. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Lawrence Iliff, David Phillips, and Larry Valquette for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on dealership F&I, electrification, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back over the weekend for our Weekend Drive episode of the show. Our own Pete Bigelow joins to talk about a series of big stories related to automotive artificial intelligence. It's usually not a big deal if AI comes up with something a little wonky for your Netflix uh, recommendation, but in a safety critical field like transportation, they need to make sure that it's right 100% of the time. So they're starting to look at ways to do that. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think of the show and the topics we covered today. Send us an email at dailydrive at autonews.com or leave us a voicemail at 313-444-2774. And if you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode.